Hey, welcome to the Rookie Homesteader Podcast. My name is Ross Landry. Today is July 6th, 2023. It's been about six weeks since I've done a podcast episode, so I've got lots of updates on my house renovation, building garden beds, building the yurt. Uh, I've got a new roommate now. So I had a lot to talk about, and by the time I finished the episode, it was about 50 minutes long. Personally, I do not want to put out a 50-minute podcast episode, especially because talking about the year, I kind of rambled on for a bit. Some people might be interested in that. Some people might not. So what I'm going to do is just split off all the talk about the year into its own episode, and that keeps this one about the house and the garden kind of short. The first thing I'll say is the house is getting so nice. And when I say nice, I mean still pretty terrible, but it's so much less terrible than it used to be. So to me, it feels like the house is really, really nice. I can walk barefoot in the kitchen. Um, that's just such a luxury because the the floor in the kitchen was full of nails and staples. And I put down some OSB, so that like particle board plywood, I put some of that down and then I put just a cheap laminate uh, tile sticker on top of that just so it looks a little more polished and it's smoother on the f- smoother. And uh, that looks great. And, and again, by great, I mean not that great, but so much better than it used to be. So that's kind of the nice thing about working on a house that was considered a teardown and just in absolutely awful condition is that it really doesn't take that much to make it a lot better. Um, it takes a lot of work, but I'm, I guess I'm saying the bar is pretty low. Besides having the new floor, having a full-size fridge in the kitchen has been a really nice addition. I brought up my grandmother's table from my parents' place, which uh, sounds like more of a big deal than it is. It's not like some kind of family heirloom. It's a table from probably like the 80s that was in my grandmother's apartment, um, you know, when she passed away. So... It's it's special to me because it was at her place and I like it. It's kind of a neat little folding table, um, but it's not like any kind of crazy uh, artifact or anything. So we've got that in the kitchen, a couple folding chairs at that table. Um, I've got the stainless steel rolling cart that's pretty high quality. I actually bought it at Ikea, which, you know, makes me cringe to just say that I bought something at Ikea, but it's actually super nice. It was 200 bucks. So I was like, there was, they sold the cheap junk version of that same thing for 30 bucks and I bought the high quality alternative. So, uh, as far as things from Ikea goes, this is, uh, not on the disposable end of the spectrum in my defense. (laughs) So that's actually one of the only things I've bought new so far. The fridge came out of my grandfather's apartment when he passed away. So I was getting a little morbid, right? I'm just like taking all this furniture from my, my dead relatives, but just kind of worked out that way where we had uh, some of these things in the family just just kicking around and um, nobody was using it. So the the table we'd held on to for years um, since my grandma passed away, but the the uh, refrigerator, my, my grandpa passed away more recently and that was just going to get thrown in a dumpster um, except for the fact that I could use it. So still works perfectly fine. Doesn't look as nice as a, the new fridges do. You know, it's not stainless steel or anything like that, but... Um, you know, it's, it works, works totally fine and it's full size and it was free. So free fridge, free table, the folding chairs were just in the house when I bought them. Um, I got a free sink off of Craigslist, just had to go pick it up. I have bought a few fixtures for the sink. 
um, the faucet, the handle wouldn't stay put and up replacing that for 50 bucks. So getting off pretty cheap so far. The biggest expense really was the plywood and laminate for the floor. I think that ended up being about $500 for the materials. I honestly haven't been keeping great track of my expenses. I said at the outset of doing this podcast that I was going to keep track of everything and keep the listener up to date, but I just haven't felt like I've had enough time. That feels like an excuse. Whenever you say you don't have enough time for something, that's usually BS, I think. But in this case, I honestly think it's true. I've been working so much. (laughs) I have a full-time job. I'm trying to fix up this old house, the yurt project, uh, taking care of a lot of land, um, a lot for me, by far the most I've ever taken care of, Um, not in the grand scheme of farms, but yeah, just uh, I've got an old sailboat too, so I'm genuinely extremely busy. Um, but anyway, my point is I've not been keeping track of my expenses very well. I could give you some ballpark numbers, um, just because I know I would want to get a gist of the, the numbers, the, the money numbers, if I was listening along to this podcast. So ballpark, um, I've probably spent like five grand on the house in materials, actually less in materials, probably, probably half of that is dumpster rentals. I might've spent $2,500 on just dumpster rentals. Um, And part of that is because I'm just doing it a little at a time. So I would save a little money if I bought, if I rented a a 30 yard dumpster instead of just getting these little dumpster bags. But the reason I've been doing that is because the dumpster bags don't draw as much attention um, so that I'm kind of avoiding having to get building permits. And um, I drew some heat when I bought a, I rented a big steel dumpster. The, the zoning department uh, came around and was like asking me what I was doing and encouraging me to get a permit. Um, so anyway, uh, it's quite incriminating. I, maybe I'll have to think about if I should censor this or not, but ask her it. I don't like red tape. I don't like bureaucracy. And uh, I'm, I'm always trying to uh, find ways to avoid doing that sort of thing when I can. Um, which I'll get into a little bit with the yurt too. That was part of my motivation for putting a yurt up in the woods instead of building a cabin, for example. Uh, I just felt like there was a better chance that I could get away with doing that without a bunch of bureaucracy and red tape. Whereas building a cabin, I knew I was going to get into trouble if I tried to just do that without, you know, going through the proper legal channels to get the zoning approvals and all that. All right, that's enough about the house. The fact that I have a roommate now is also newsworthy. I mentioned this a while back that I have a good friend who was living in Florida and he's from Rhode Island and he wanted to come back for the summer, needed a place to stay. I gave him all sorts of warnings and video and photo evidence about the condition of this place and he still wanted to come live here. So bless his heart, now he does. (laughs) And um, I've tried to reward his... uh, courage by making the place nicer as I was just talking about with the kitchen upgrades and putting a door on his bedroom and uh, cleaning up the living room a bit more too and we've we've been doing some things to to get it cleaned up a little bit to, to make him comfortable but yeah I, I applaud his uh, adventurousness and um, it's working out pretty well the the only caveat I would say the only asterisk is that 
he's in sales and he's constantly on the phone selling something. I won't, you know, I won't uh, invade his privacy to talk about what he does exactly, but it's super annoying. I'll tell you that much. It's, uh, it's, it's serious noise pollution. So ironically, the living room was cleaned up so nice to make a good uh, workspace for the two of us with desks on opposite sides of the room. And it's a, it's a big room. So having a desk in one corner and then a desk in the opposite corner, you're pretty far away. And we both had our own desks and chairs and power outlets and good Wi-Fi. I'm like, oh, this is great. We have a good setup for the two of us to work online and coexist. But I totally underestimated how annoying it would be to listen to him on phone calls all day. I didn't realize how many phone calls he makes as part of his job. So that was a bumpy start to the roommate uh, relationship because uh, I was just going insane. It's like I didn't hold it against him personally. It's not like we had uh, drama between the two of us, but I was just pretty miserable for the first couple of weeks because I couldn't think straight and I couldn't focus and do my job. So what I ended up doing is pitching a tent on the deck and now I just relocated my desk out to the tent. So like I said, it's ironic that the house is in the best shape it's been since I bought the place. Probably the best shape it's been in 30 years, actually. Um, and we have these nice desks in the living room and I'm I'm out in a tent now. So even though the house is getting kind of nice, but, um, but it's been great. So it gets pretty hot in the tent sometimes during the day. But other than that, it's awesome. I mean, I can, I'm outside, so I get the fresh air. I can see the yard even better than I can from the house, um, which can be distracting uh, at times when I'm just looking around, I see things that need to be weeded or whatever, or, or, or greens that could be harvested. It's kind of hard not to get, walk away from my desk and, and do stuff in the yard. Um, but you know, for the most part, I can control myself and, uh, and that's worked out pretty good. Speaking of harvesting greens, that brings me to my next update. The veggie garden is cranking right now. Again, that's relatively speaking, kind of like how the house seems super nice because I was just accustomed to the house being exceptionally terrible. My veggie garden seems wildly productive just because I'm used to having no vegetable garden. Uh, Past summers, the last two summers, I've just been doing a little bit of container gardening. So to have three raised beds that are about 20 feet long each right now, it feels like this massive, amazing garden. Full disclosure, so far everything I've harvested has been grown from starters that I got from a neighboring farm. They run a CSA all summer, but at the beginning of the season, they did a a couple big plant sales. Like every weekend for three weeks in May, they were doing plant sales, and I would just go over there and impulse buy all kinds of veggie starters and then transplant those into my garden beds as I was making them. So um, let me quickly describe making them. So um, when I say raised beds, a lot of people are probably picturing the like wooden boxes. But in my case, I'm actually uh, digging out walkways and then using the soil from the dugout walkways to mound up onto the garden bed and then mixing that with compost that I bought from a different neighboring farm. I got really lucky to have a good vegetable farm down the street and a good compost farm. There's a, a, a farm on my street that specializes in super rich organic compost. And they're like a holistically managed, basically permaculture compost farm. So super lucky to have them as neighbors in addition to this other vegetable CSA farm. Um, But anyway, I, so what I did was I took that pathway soil. I mounded that up onto these 30 inch wide rows 
and then mix that in with some of the compost. And so that's how I made my bed. So they're, they're kind of mounted up to make a raised bed, but they're not, they don't have those um, wooden walls like some other raised beds you'd see. And yeah, then just to quickly circle back to what I'm doing with them. So um, I made them one at a time. So I had like an eight foot section of my first bed made and I put some starters into that. And then I extended that another 12 feet to make it its, its current length, about 20-ish. And I put another generation of starters in the extension. So I had ones that have been mature for a few weeks now that I've been harvesting at the front of that row. And then I've got like a, the next generation of stuff. Um, although I don't have a real good planting plan. I know people who are legit vegetable gardeners will have these plans of like succession planning where they're going to plant certain vegetables here. And then when those are mature, turn it over and then put something else there. And they have it all kind of mapped out through space and time. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just throwing stuff in the ground and kind of harvesting at random when it looks good to me. So I'll just like start my day just foraging in the vegetable garden like a rabbit, just just <laughs> squatting down, pulling out weeds, and then just like eating stuff off of the plants, uh, mostly greens. You know, that's what's that's what's mature right now is like my spinach and uh, some kale, a, a lot of kale, excessive amount of kale, um, some romaine lettuce. That's That's what I've been picking at. And then I've got um, some peppers, tomatoes, onion, that none of that's ready yet. Cucumber, also not ready yet, but but coming on. And uh, some winter squash that's getting huge. Haven't taken any of that yet. So it's definitely some stuff in the pipeline that I'm excited to eat soon. But right now, just loving eating all the fresh greens right out of the garden. So that's the first bed. It's all those um, little starter plants that I that I bought and just popped into those beds or into that bed. And then the middle bed, I'm, I'm sowing a bunch of seeds and I've just been watering that for the last couple of weeks. And those are just starting to come up. Um, and then in the third bed, I'm doing perennial plant seeds. So I've got some mulberry seeds in there, um, Juneberry, um, some sage, some asparagus, just, uh, a couple other things. I think I kind of forget off the top of my head now, but just got some, uh, some perennials in the works there as sort of like a nursery bed quick editor's note here the seeds i was forgetting are the siberian pea shrub which i've heard is a good nitrogen fixer and makes good food for chickens and then another update since i recorded that original audio is that my mulberry seeds have started coming up and there's just a ton of them that are now coming up but i realized i screwed up the juneberry so juneberry seeds need to be cold stratified and when I received the seeds in the fall, I did not put them in the fridge. So they just been at room temperature all winter and spring. And uh, I don't really expect those to, to grow because I forgot to do that. All right, that's all for this episode. As I said, I'll split off the commentary about the yurt into its own episode. So for now, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you later. You know, I'll just add one more note about the cost of the garden beds. So I mentioned I spent like 500 bucks on the materials for the kitchen updates. And with the garden, I spent about 200, I'd say. So I bought a cubic yard of compost from that farm. That was $87. And then I'd say I spent maybe a little under $100 on starters and seeds. So I mostly the starters. I think I spent like 80 bucks on plant starters. They're like three or $4 a plant and I bought several dozen plants. So 
call it call it ninety bucks worth of starter plants, and then another like ten to fifteen dollars on seeds. The seeds really were not that expensive. Granted, that's because I, I I didn't sow that many of my own seeds. So if I had just filled all three garden beds with seeds, I might have spent fifty bucks on seeds. I don't know, but either way, that's pretty low cost from my perspective, especially considering how expensive produce is at the grocery store. 